0: Lord, we just give you praise tonight. We worship you. Lord, we want you to reign over our lives, reign over this nation, reign over us, Lord. Father, we just praise you tonight that you are a a God of mercy, a God of healing, a God of grace. And Lord, we just come to you tonight and we worship you. Say, Lord, we want you to reign over our lives. We want you to reign over our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, church, just start praying for people. We've been having a lot of prayer requests come in. I know you know people that are sick. We had one come in today about a young man who's got problems with his lungs or his lung has been deflating and i just declare right now in the name of jesus if you're watching tonight just receive that healing in jesus name your lungs are going to function just like they're supposed to function in jesus name just like you put them in your body whatever's causing that problem whatever's going on inside of you i just declare right now that you're healed in jesus name i declare lord that you touch him right wherever he's at Lord, with their fear, I thank you, faith rises. Lord God, I just declare faith rises within their hearts. Lord, I just declare it right now in Jesus' name, a total and complete healing. Lord, over cancer, people that are fighting cancer right now, I just speak to cancer. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. You have no right to invade our bodies. You're not of God, and we declare right now you've got to go in Jesus' name. Cancer cells have to die, tumors have to go right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, that we reach out right now by faith and we grab hold of the anointing and the power of God and begin to receive that into our lives right now in Jesus' name. People fighting discouragement, depression, I rebuke that in Jesus' name say, man, you got more to live for. Jesus is a great God. He's a great savior. He wants to bless you, heal you, and touch you, and minister to you. Don't be discouraged. Be encouraged. God's with you. He's right there at the corner. Just throw open the doors of your heart and let him in. Let him come flooding in and heal your body and touch your body and let that discouragement go. Darkness flee the lies that the enemy sown in your lives. Receive his word into your life that healing power into your life right now in Jesus' name. Command kidneys to function right, bladders to function right, bodies to function right, just like God created them to function. When God made you, He said He made a good thing. He made a good thing. So command your good things to start working right in Jesus' name. Your body to function right in Jesus' name. Lord, we just praise You for it right now you're a God that we can turn to because your answer is always yes you want us healed you want us healed your kingdom just as it's working in heaven to be here on this earth is what you said so Lord I thank you for healing people touching people blessing people right now by the spirit of God in Jesus name Lord, we lift up this nation to you and we just pray over it. Right now that revival will come into this nation, Lord. That the eyes of the understanding will be enlightened and people will will see you and behold you, Jesus, for who you really are. The loving, caring, sacrificing Savior who gave his life on a cross. Lord, we just speak revival over this land. Because the answer that's needed, Lord, right now is Jesus jesus to be out throughout this land the spirit of god to rise up lord let preachers rise up all over the place people that are called of god to preach the uncompromising word of god to tell people the love of god to tell people how good you are how great you are lord let it go out throughout this land to be the greatest revival we've ever seen lord we praise you for it we thank you for it because you're so good God you are so good you're such a good God you're such a good God Lord we thank you for it. in Jesus mighty name and if you agree with me say amen turn and look at somebody and say we serve a good God praise God we do we serve a great God man praise the Lord Aren't you glad we serve a God who wants to touch you and heal you and bless you, not kill you and chase you around with a bat or something? Not some old man in a rocking chair who wants to, you know, call fire down on you, wants to bless you. Mm, mm, mm. It's too good to be true, but it is. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Well, I'm glad y'all showed up tonight. Glad y'all didn't. Didn't just forsake. Now, that's not for everybody out there watching. I'm glad you're out there and enjoying yourself. Praise God. Uh, well, get your Bibles out. I'm going to preach. Go, if you would, to the, gospel, uh, the book of John, uh, Romans, excuse me, Romans chapter 14. Romans 14. I want to share with you something tonight. I preached that message Sunday about not playing the game of what if. And I've heard a lot of good reports back on that. People are saying that was just what they needed. And uh, I didn't finish that. I had had, a, had a point number two, but I never got to it, Sunday. But I want to share with you now um, the second part. You know, <clears throat> we get into this. The enemy comes into our lives, and he always wants to come in, and he wants to trick us. He wants to, you know, the, the, the Bible even calls it the wicked wiles of the enemy. He comes in, and he wants to, 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 to just sow a little word, sow a little doubt, and then let you take off with it. And we're great at doing that, you know what? We're great at just getting one word of doubt, and then everything's just all shot to pieces, right? Hello? I know I'm talking to you. I know I'm preaching to the right crowd. We just get that one seed in us, you know? And then, boom, we're just, we just we take off and run with it. The devil's pro at it. He's been doing it forever. I showed you how he just spoke a word to Elijah through the through Jezebel, just spoke that through him, and then the next thing you know, he just he just called fire down from heaven. He just broke a three year drought. He just ran by the Spirit of God faster than a chariot back to the town. Yet when she spoke one word, said, I, "I'm going to I'm going to do to you what they did to the prophets." He just he said he saw it. In other words, it got so strong in him he began to imagine it that he was going to die. She was killing him. She's. You know, he just pictured the whole thing, ran it through his mind instantly, and then he just ran. Well, you know, he didn't have to run. Why didn't he call fire down from heaven? Why didn't he stand up and say, man, I am the prophet who just killed 5,000 of the bad guys. I am going to call fire down on top of this town. But he didn't do it because fear got in him because he heard a word, right? Well, it happens to all of us. This is the great prophet Elijah. And it can happen to all of us. But we got to watch that because that's the trick. That's the while of the enemy. He wants to come in. He wants to get in there. He wants to sow something in you, get you to believe it, and then get you to speak in doubt and unbelief. Then you're speaking what if out of your mouth. Well, what if God doesn't move? What if I lose my job? What if this goes wrong? What if this happens? What if that happens? And you start playing what if, and then, you know, you're sunk. So I said, we got to change it around in life and start saying, when, We've got to change if to when, when God moves, when God brings victory, when God's blessing comes, when that manifestation takes place, when I see the, full, the fullness of what God's doing in my life, you know, I'm not going down, I'm going up. When, when, when I'm walking in more blessing, you see what I'm saying? You've got to change it. You've got to defeat it. It's really funny because if you'll stand up just the littlest bit to what if, it leaves. But we'll go for days just beating ourselves up, letting the devil just plant these things in our head, and then finally we stand up to it and it goes and man, why didn't we just do that at the first? Saved a lot of emotional energy, saved a whole lot of problems going on, right? Okay, so there's a second, there's a second part of this that I didn't preach on Sunday that I want to get into tonight, where where it's it's the enemy comes in. And his, his other trick, his other wile is, and it's called condemnation, okay? He wants you to remember your past. So let's look at uh, Romans chapter 14. I want to start reading in verse 14. Now, Paul's talking, Paul, well, just follow me through this thing because he, he, he gets off in some other stuff that I'm not really touching on. But anyway, says, I know and I'm convinced by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean in itself. But to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Yet if your brother is grieved because of your food, you are no longer walking in love. Do not destroy with food the one for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not in eating, is not in drinking, but in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, I've said this before, but I want to say it again tonight. As Christians, we should be the happiest people on the face of the earth. You already know where your eternity is. You already know you're going to be living forever in the, in the presence of God. You already know what's going to happen. But I find a lot of times Christians, they're not very happy. They're, they're down in the dumps. They're looking at things bad. They're, they're not believing that God's going to do anything for them because they've been playing what if, all right? They're just walking just like the normal, like a, a person in this world who doesn't know Christ. They're walking just like that, except they know if they die, they're going to go to heaven. Well, that's a great promise, right? That's a great promise. Salvation is a great promise. Eternal life is a great promise, right? But that's like, that's like this one part of a huge, huge, huge group of blessings. So we shouldn't just be thinking about, well, we got secured when we die, we're gonna, you know, go to heaven. At least I'm not gonna go to hell, you know. I mean, that is something. Praise God. It's a big something. But there's still the blessings of God he wants to do in our lives every day. And as Christians, we should be walking in the power of God. We should be walking in the promises of God. We should be seeing miracles every day. We should be seeing God moving every day. We should be having fellowship with the almighty God, the creator of the heavens and the earth and all that are in. We should be walking with him every day. We should sit down and boom, word should speak to us. That's what we should be doing. And if that's not happening in your life, well, what's happening is it says, The kingdom of heaven is not in eating and drinking, but in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. You're not experiencing that because you're not walking in the right course. Right? It's not God's fault. He hasn't forsaken you. You forsook him. So it goes on. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. Therefore, let us pursue these things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. He gives you something here that you're supposed to be pursuing in life. You're supposed to be pursuing peace. Think about that. Paul says, Man, pursue peace. Don't pursue war. Don't pursue riot. Don't pursue vengeance. Don't pursue that kind of stuff. Pursue peace. Whoo. Because why? He said, Right up before this, it's, it's in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, right? That's what it's all about. That's what the kingdom's about. Walking in the righteousness that God has redeemed you, saved you, set you free. You've been made righteous by him. Peace, knowing that you're right with God, so therefore the blessings can come upon you and bring you joy. There's nowhere I can find that through Jesus's teachings or Paul's teachings where God did not want man to be happy. He talks about joy all the time. Jesus even prayed to the Father, let him have my joy right? We're supposed to be joyful people. Happy people live longer. You know that? I saw an article the other day. Scientists came up with this, and I'm like, really? They spend money on this? Why don't they just let me, why don't they just give me the money, and I'll tell them the result, because we've seen it, that there's this big test they did, and came up with it and said, we've determined that people that are happy live longer. I'm like, wow. I mean, blowed my mind on that. What I mean? Anybody could have told you that, right? Okay, so he says, therefore, pursue the things which make for peace and the things which one may edify another. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for a man who eats with offense. It is neither good to eat meat nor to drink wine nor do anything by which your brother stumbles or is offended or made weak. Now, if you're wondering about this scripture, what he's talking about, they were sacrificing meat in the alt, into the temples of other gods. And so some of the Christians saying, hey, that meat over there is pretty cheap. Let's just eat it. And the other Christians were saying, oh, you can't eat it. It's been sacrificed to idols. And Paul says, look, there's really nothing unclean in the kingdom. You can eat whatever you want to. But if your brothers over there are going to cause them to stumble, don't eat it. That's what the whole issue was. But this is what I want to look at. He says, do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. Now, do you hear what he's saying there? He said, you have faith, have it to yourself before God. In other words, you have faith in yourself and your relationship with your father. That's what he's saying. For you to have faith in yourself, in your relationship with God, that you've you've got such a good relationship with God. You know him, you you know the word, you know what Jesus is, your savior, you know everything. So then you have faith that when you go to the throne, God's going to talk to you. When you go to the throne, you you know, walk in boldly into the throne room of grace, like Hebrews 4 tells us, right? That then you're going to be accepted because you know your relationship is right. Okay? So he says, have faith. Do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself. And what he approves. (laughs) You see that? See where the condemnation came from? himself wow here we go again here's what the wicked wiles of the enemy does the devil comes in convinces you that you need to condemn you he gets you put up in the position of judge you judge yourself guilty so then you're all in guilt and you you're condemned what does a condemned man do he goes to prison right goes before a judge, you are the judge, you get, you condemn yourself, and then you escort yourself off to prison, lock the door away from God. So now you've, you've imprisoned yourself. This is what Paul's saying. You, because you didn't have faith in yourself towards God, the devil has got you off, that you went over there, locked the door yourself, and then had to throw the key away because you're condemning yourself. Nobody said anything. So have you ever been somewhere? You don't have to answer this. And as always, don't look down or I know I got you. Start looking down, kicking at the floor. I know you, You know I got you. Have you ever been somewhere or something and you saw some somebody, you looked at you or whatever and they said, what are they looking at me for? You know, and then you started getting all crazy in your head. I bet they're judging me. I didn't dress right or I didn't, I didn't, you know, I was drinking something or, you know, I, you know, they look like they're judging me. And then all of a sudden you just were, well, who do they think they are? They can't judge me. And the next thing you know, you just got in a fight and you're just going on in your head. I mean, just say amen if you knew somebody like that. Yeah, you knew a friend one time that did that and shared that experience with you that happened to them. where did all that come from? Yourself. You judged yourself. You condemned yourself. You don't know what's going on. That person might have been looking at a bee flying around your head. You don't know. And so the point is, You felt condemned. You didn't feel like you were right before God in doing what you were doing or in some instance in your life. You didn't have faith in yourself towards God. So therefore, the condemner, the enemy, just put a a little whisper in your ear and then got you to judge yourself so that you condemned yourself and took yourself away from the presence of God. It's like years and years ago. uh, This is back in the 90s when I was in the Ukraine preaching. And, uh, I, you know, I'd get up and I'd tell my testimony. And I'd tell my testimony and say, you know, I, I, I used to, you know, uh, go to the bars and drink and get in fights. And I'd say things like this. And, and, uh, and then the, the, the head guy of the whole association came and says, yeah, you know, you need to change. Don't, don't tell people that in your testimony. And I said, well, I don't understand. And he said, well, it's, it's shameful that you did that. And I said, I wasn't saved. I didn't know Jesus. And that's what people that don't know Jesus do. So how can I be condemned about that? But he was the whole time I was preaching. In other words, he was in his own heart saying, I ah, he didn't look good, Robert. He looks bad. He, you know, he needs to look like, you know, he's, a, he's a more righteous guy or something. And so I never forget. He said, he, he I, I argued with him a little bit about it. I so said that just doesn't make sense. And that's what the gospel is. The Apostle Paul was a murderer, and he told people multiple times in the, in the Gospels that he was the one that committed murder. So, I mean, I, I was just drinking. I was just being a cowboy, and, and I wasn't a murderer. And Paul gave his testimony, and so what's more wrong with mine? And so he got all offended, and he said, alcohol has never touched my lips. And I was like, whoa, man, that, are you self-righteous now? And then we were having communion. And they served me the communion, and I tasted of it. Man, it was, you know, like 120-proof hooch, man. This stuff, I mean, I wouldn't have drank it in my wild days, you know. I mean, it was kind of like made my leg go out, kind of quiver when I thought, oh, God. I mean, it wouldn't even cut with water. I mean, this was straight booze. And the minute I took that, I looked over at him, and he just, you could see it. He just hit him in his face. He says, only in church. I said, don't make no difference. You drank it in a bar, you drank it in church. It was alcohol, you drank it, so you're just as guilty as I am. So shut up. But I never get the look on his face. I mean, I was just I was from I was from here to the back wall from him, and I just looked when I took that drink, and he was like, he'd just see it come all over him. Oh, only in church. So what I'm saying to you is. The enemy comes in and the, wiles, the, the trick that he wants to play on you is he wants you to get you to condemn yourself. He wants to get you to go back into works. And folks, we're not saved by works. We're saved by grace and the blood of Jesus. And if his blood hadn't washed your sins away, well, then, folks, your works aren't going to get them there. It says, but he who doubts is condemned if he eats, because he does not eat from faith, for whatever is not of faith is sin. So if you don't have any faith in your life, you're living before Jesus, if there's something that is, you're judging yourself and condemning yourself about, it's always going to be a, an open sore for the devil to come in there and get you off track. So what do you do about it? Well, I want to show you. Go, if you would, to Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Now, I want to read this to you just as the Scripture says, all right? And then I'll show you something. It says, verse 1, Therefore, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's what it says, right? There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. There's a comma. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now, I have heard preachers take off on this before. And they go in there and they talk about, uh, you know, because uh, you got to understand something. There's something different between conviction and condemnation. Conviction is the Holy Spirit moving your life saying, "Uh, uh-uh, don't do that. That's going to lead you down a bad path. Condemnation is locking yourself up over in the prison and throwing away the key. You've been condemned. All right. And I've heard preachers take off and they say, well, you know, we all walk in the flesh and you walk in the things of the flesh, you know, you're going to be condemned and you're going to walk in condemnation because you're in the flesh. That's why they have that there. It's like, you know, a catch to that deal because nobody can just walk free of condemnation. Everyone should walk free of condemnation, but we all should have a good healthy dose of conviction in our life. Hello? It's completely different. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. He's not talking here about walking in the flesh and you got mad. He's talking here about the flesh being, it literally, if you look this up and and, and just study what that word means, it... You, and this may be a really bad thing. I maybe just get centered over this one, but the old Archie Bunker, y'all remember the old Archie Bunker show? Was it called Archie Bunker? It's called something else. All in the family. Oh, Archie Bunker, you know he's racist, said all these kind of things. Do you remember what he used to call his son-in-law? Meathead. That is literally what that means to be carnally minded. If you look it up, it means meathead. I'm serious. That's the word, the definition. It says meathead. And I know when that was said, he didn't. nobody knew anything about Archie Bunker, and they didn't put that out there, but that's literally what it means. You became a meathead. In other words, you got out of believing God. You got to play in what if. If you want to know what walking in the flesh is, walking in the flesh is playing what if and walking in doubt and unbelief. That's walking in the flesh. It's like I've always told you. Everybody wants to narrow it down to four. the four big sins, drinking, dancing, cussing, and smoking. And if you're not in one of those, then you're probably not in the flesh, but you could just be crazy in your head. You could just be full of doubt and unbelief and, not believe in God, not walking in the things of God, not not believing that, for, for that, that Jesus made you righteous. That's carnally minded. That's being a meathead. That's what Paul is trying to say here. He's not trying to talk about fleshly lust and fleshly desires and this and that and the other. Because folks y'all know, yes. Some sins carry greater weight than others, all right? The sin of murder is going to carry a greater weight than the sin of gluttony. But both will kill you. You just enjoy the one more. You're eating ice cream all the time. Hello? If you're not taking care of yourself, you're walking in unforgiveness, you're being a meathead. Because you're not taking the power of God and believing that if you, t- if you, walk in what the word said and acted on the spirit of God's word in your life, that then by forgiving, you'll see God take vengeance and you get justified, then what happens is you're a meathead. It says the 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 the, the flesh to be carly minded is going to bring you death. To doubt God's word, doubt God's going to take care of you, doubt God's gonna bless you, doubt God's Promises to you are true. Well, that might work for some people, but I don't know about me. You're being a meathead. Are y'all hearing this? That's what it means. So if you go back to the very first verse, he says, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That means there's no condemnation (laughs) to those who are in Christ Jesus. Your sins have been forgiven. You've been made righteous and there's no condemnation. Now, if you get over here and become a meathead, you're going to get convicted. But don't take the keys of condemnation and go over there and lock yourself up in jail and shut the door and throw away the keys. I knew I couldn't live it. I'm not any good. Nobody's going to, you know, God doesn't love me. How could he love me? I'm such an idiot, whatever. And go over there and do that. Then the devil's just like, well, we got rid of that one. Well, who's the next one? Because you become of no effect to the kingdom of God. Because you have judged and condemned yourself and put yourself over there, and you say, "Well, pastor, you don't know what I've done." Then repent. Goodness gracious, repent and get free. Well, it was so horrible. Repent and get free. Let the blood of Jesus wash over you. Don't let the past come in there and condemn you. Don't let the devil give you any give you any place, or take any place. I've told you, you know. I tell you all my stories. I mean, man, I got to tell the same stories over again. I've been here for so long, you know. So. But uh, that one time I was preaching in jail, I'll never forget it, as soon as I walked in the, into the Sally Port and all the guys were standing back there and I was standing, I just looked and I caught this guy's eyes and I was like, I know him, you know, I know him. And I kind of looked away because I'd had an altercation with this guy. And uh, I'm like, golly, you know. So I started, getting, I started condemning myself, you know, what's he going to think of me? I'm the preacher, you know, and I got in a fight with that guy. And, and so I was hoping, I said, well, maybe he won't notice me. He won't know who I am. And so I just start preaching, because I said, who's going to recognize me? The preacher, you know, there's no way he's going to think it's me. And so I just started preaching and preaching, telling him about Jesus, and all of a sudden this guy just stopped and says, I know who you are. And I was like, oh. I know who you are, and he wouldn't leave it alone. I said, yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. You know, I tried to just just push him out of the way. He wouldn't stop, me. He just kept on, I know who you are. And I said, yeah, I know who you are, too. And he said, and we got, a, you got in a fight one night. You pulled a knife on me. I said, no, get the story straight. I did not pull a knife on you. I didn't pull a knife on you. You pulled a knife on me. And he's like, yeah, that's right. And I said, and I pulled a machete on you and ended that thing right off the bat. And you put that in your pocket and you left. He says, that's right. He says, I know this guy, yeah. And I said, now I'm saved. I got saved. He said, who got saved? And then the meeting was on, man. I mean, people said, really? God forgave you for that? And I said, yeah, forgive anybody for anything. And so, man, I mean, that day is like 14 people got saved. It was the greatest meeting of the whole night I ever had there. You know, I mean, it was just unbelievable. All because of this guy. He did remember me. But rather than letting my past condemn me, I just turned it around. and said, no, man, I got saved. That was the old man. Robert didn't know Jesus. So that's what we have to do in life. If you want to walk in victory in life, you've got to turn that on the enemy, just like playing the game of water. If you've got to put it on when God moves, in condemnation, man, quit being the judge. Take your robe off. Take your robe off and quit judging yourself. Let the Holy Ghost convict you and repent. And then the de- it's all over with. Poof, it's gone. And you can keep on going forward and not being a meathead. Wow. So you came to church tonight and pastor called you a meathead. I mean, really. Slapped you around a little bit, called you a meathead. I mean, golly. But man, it's the truth, church. And in these days right now, I see this as a rise. I see people rising up and, and, and what's spewing out of their mouth is trying to put condemnation on everybody else. And folks, man, my past is gone. I got saved. Jesus is the Lord and Savior of my life. His blood washed my sins away. I'm a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. I can't be be held guilty for that. Right? We all change and grow and go on. But the world right now is wanting to come back and say, you're guilty of something. But I hate to tell you, man, I'm not. I got redeemed by the blood of Jesus. And what they need to do is learn how to repent themselves and get saved. Jesus is the answer to their life for all the years and years of unforgiveness. It's the only thing that heals is Jesus. Amen? So this is the lesson. No more tricks, no more wiles of the enemy in your life, all right? You're not going to play what if, and you're not going to play the game of condemnation, all right? You're free. You're free just to run, run wild in the spirit of God. Praise God. Amen. Well, I tell you what I want to do. I want to pray over you tonight and everybody out there watching. I want to pray over you because some of you may be listening to this message and you know, you're, you're thinking about it right now, how you've condemned yourself, how you didn't believe that you could be a child of God, how you didn't believe you could be a new creation. But I want to tell you something, man, you got to stop doing that. And the quickest thing and the best thing to do is repent. Amen. And so everybody stand up if you would you're out there watching, man, just stay with us. I'm going to pray for you. But what I want to do right now is I'm just going to, you don't have, you know, this is between you and God, but I'm just going to lead you in a prayer. I'm just going to pray over you and let you, in, in that, you just start repenting. And repenting is real simple. It just means you have to say to the Lord, I made a mistake. What I did was wrong. Will you forgive me? Boom. It's done. So Father, right now, I pray over everybody out there watching, everybody in here right now, I just thank you, Lord, God, that you are a God who redeems, you redeem your people. That means you bought and paid for everything. So Lord, I just declare right now that there can be no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. For everyone out there listening and watching, everyone in here right now. If you're condemned about anything, anything's bothering you, you know you you have something going on, just stop right now and repent. Just tell the Lord you're sorry. Say, Jesus, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Forgive me for my sin. Forgive me for what I've done. Let your blood wash over me and wash over my mind and wash over my heart and wash over my spirit and just cleanse me and set me free. Now, Lord, I just declare that today is a new day. Old things are gone, and we can live a new life. We're not going to be meatheads, but we're going to be children of God who walk in the Spirit of God, and we walk in the Spirit of God, in your promises. So, Lord, I ask you to bless them. I ask you right now to seal this message in their hearts, seal this message in their lives, Lord, that we can walk in victory, we can walk in freedom and no more tricks of the enemy, no more what if, no more condemnation. So, Lord, I praise you for it, and I thank you for it. Now, Lord, those tonight that are sending in offerings, those that have offerings in here tonight, I just thank you that you bless them. I bless the people, bless their offerings, bless all of them that are, on on, however they're giving online or whatever's going on. Just bless their businesses, bless everything their hands touch, because that's what your word promises us, Lord. So, Lord, I thank you for it, and I praise you for it, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Praise God. Look at somebody and say, man, it's good to be free. God bless y'all.